0: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Think Orange podcast, where we want to encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and future of the next generation. I'm your host, Dave Adamson, and in this season of the podcast, we are interviewing some of the humans who will be part of Orange Conference 2022 this April. We'll talk about what it means to be human, how churches can better care for the humans in their community, and some of the new things happening at Orange Conference. And today I am so excited for you to hear this conversation I had recently with Candy Shelton. Candy is the Director of Product Development for OnSite, an emotional wellness lifestyle brand helping people change their lives through enhanced emotional health. We had the most incredible discussion about what it takes for all of us to get the most out of our leadership, how to be present in ministry, and the importance of rest and sleep. At Orange Conference, Candy is helping us create discovery sessions where leaders will have an opportunity to take a breath and reconnect with their humanity. I am positive that everyone will get something from this conversation. Here's what we know is true. You're listening to this podcast because you believe in what you do as a ministry leader. You know that every early morning, late night, and meeting that could have been an email is so worth it. And when you believe in what you do this much, you do everything you can to make it better. You know that the mission is too important not to try something new. And that's why we created the Redesign Your Ministry to Last course from Orange Masterclass. Join Reggie Joyner as he unpacks the five essential values for your ministry that will last far beyond a person, a model, or yes, even a pandemic, and innovative strategies to help you elevate them in your ministry. Start working on your ministry, not just in your ministry, today by going to orangemasterclass.com. Hey, Candy Shelton, it's so great to see you. How are you, my friend?
1: So good to see you too, Dave. I am well, really well
0: over here. family's doing great. Everybody's really good. Jonathan's great.
1: Everybody is great. Everybody is, you know, living life and trying to figure out the post-pandemic or not even quite post-pandemic life, but we're good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, all never, all
1: purposes.
0: I never know where we are with that post-pandemic thing, but I'm just glad to hear that everybody's safe and healthy and everything like that. Hey, we're, we're obviously excited to be uh, connecting soon at Orange Conference. I was just thinking about this this morning, Candy. How many Orange Conferences have you been a part of? Because most of our people who are either watching this on YouTube or listening probably would recognize you uh, as one of our worship leaders and one of our, uh, our key singers. So how many Orange Conferences have you been a part of?
1: Dave, I have been a part of every single Orange Conference since before it was called Orange. So really? It started even before it was Orange, and it was called Grow Up. Um, yeah. I was part of the very first one, and uh, you can check my notes. Like Colette or Reggie might have more <laughs> concise details here, but I think I've been part of every single Orange Conference since it started.
0: Wow, that's incredible. You certainly don't look old enough to be uh, part of every Orange Conference. I
1: started when I was 10. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I was going to say either that or you're a teen prodigy. Um, (laughs) so, So of all of those Orange Conferences, what is your favorite part? What is the thing that keeps bringing you back?
1: That's a really interesting question. So Orange, in general, is right now the only ministry partnership that I continue to have a relationship with, and, yeah. and it is it is the same thing that keeps me coming back every year, is I so value and respect and admire the leadership and the team mm-hmm. and the vision, and I really appreciate how thoughtful they are about the mission and facilitating conversations that I think are really important for church yeah. leaders. And I know that there are lots of great organizations and ministries out there doing that, but I I just appreciate the creativity and innovation, yeah. along with the authenticity and the and like nurturing important conversations. I'd say those are the things that bring me back.
0: Well, as as you say all of those things, I, I guess I I personally feel like you just summed up you like this is you. You love having <laughs> personal conversations, and you're extremely creative as well. So it seemed like it's a the perfect match for you, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's funny. I'll take that as a compliment. And yeah, I do resonate with that for sure.
0: And you obviously love, I assume, I I don't want to put words into your mouth, but you obviously love connecting with all the people uh, who, who come to the Orange Conference as well.
1: One hundred percent. It's such a cool, unique group of people. I think the diversity, even just in yeah. the um, the ages, the experience levels, the denominations, like there's so many different people and different perspectives in one room. And I yeah. really, really appreciate that. And then of course, from the internal team, it always feels like a family reunion. That's always an thing to see people that uh, work
0: years. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, so this year at Orange Conference, our theme is be human. And, you know, I I wanted to talk to you about that because I I feel like you're, I was going to say you're like an expert in this, but, but I know you work for a company called Onsite that, that really helps humans be human in a lot of ways. Can you tell us a little bit about what Onsite does and what you do for them?
1: Yeah, for sure. So Onsite has been around for a really, really long time and much longer than I've been a part of it, but it really is an emotional wellness lifestyle brand. That's Mm -hmm. the most concise way to say it. We're focused on changing lives through enhanced emotional health. And so what the interesting Mm -hmm. thing about this is like the idea of what makes us human and particularly the conversation about emotional wellness or emotional health has certainly I think become front and center in recent months and years throughout this pandemic. And so that's been great for us in normalizing the conversation, of course, but onsite has been doing this work for over 40 years. So there's a history of this coming alongside tens of thousands of people on their mental health journey. Um, So it's a really cool, it's a really cool moment to have this, this history and this expertise to meet this moment in history, I think with, um, with, with, services that are really, really necessary. Yeah. Um, and then my role, so I started consulting with them and contracting for digital video project. And then I fell in love with the work and with the people and so much so that they were like, what does it look like for you to come on full-time staff with us? Um, yeah. And so I said, yes, which is the first time I've ever worked for someone else since I was uh, 19 years old or oh, eight, wow. yeah, 19 years old so that speaks really highly of the company hopefully yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my current role is director of product development so the fun part for me where that creativity gets to kind of come into play is that product really touches everything for us it's not it's not a not always a tangible physical product but maybe an in-person retreat yeah. or, or resource so yeah. i get to sort of um collaborate with like cross-departmentally with our uh, I work on the marketing team, but I yep. get to work with our programming team a lot. I get to collaborate with our clinical team a lot yeah. to elevate our existing in-person experiences and develop new ones. Yeah. And then I produce digital resources, which right now looks a lot like classes and courses, but will expand as we keep growing too. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's so awesome. I feel like, especially as you said, right, in the, in the season of world history that we're in now, yeah. wellness, that whole that whole approach is so much more important now than... I I mean I don't, I'm not the expert but I would say more than I can remember and certainly in my lifetime that we all seem more focused on that can can you tell candia why is that so important especially for church leaders people who are in ministry why is it so important for them to connect with their humanity and to connect with the idea of of, of wellness
1: uh, whew, okay <laughs> yeah i feel like you I'm, got
0: some opinions here <laughs>
1: yeah i have a lot of opinions and i need to temper opinion with like Sharing personal experience, or you know, yeah. temper with research a lot of times. But <laughs> um, you know, full disclosure, I knew this question was coming ahead of time, and my first response was, "How much time do we have?" <laughs>
0: because we have all the time you need.
1: All the time. <laughs> um, it is so important for leaders in the church to connect with their own humanity. For I, I mean, we really could talk about this for hours, but. I'll just say for me growing up in the church and then working in it for decades, I personally know the detrimental effects of not connecting to my own humanity.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's a really interesting paradox, I think, that we face where we give ourselves over to vocation, um, yeah. especially in ministry, mind, heart, body, soul. Yeah. And then we spend years, I feel like, prioritizing soul yeah. over mind, heart, and body in almost every way. Yeah, And so I'll tell you that what I've come to understand having moved out of vocational ministry into working in behavioral health is that like when we, if integration of all of those things, isn't high priority, isn't like just the most important thing that we can focus on, then I think we're setting ourselves up for failure. Mm. And so what I mean by that is like, if our focus and leadership kind of, If it becomes primarily about our work and our mission, which is always important, but without with like failing to give just as much care and attention to our personal, physical and mental health, then the whole ecosystem suffers because Cause we are, we humans are an ecosystem. We don't just like yeah. work inside or function inside ecosystems of ministry or work or whatever, but we also are an ecosystem unto ourselves. Yeah. And so if we, if we don't work to integrate all those pieces of us and give ourselves the care that we deserve, then our output is going to suffer relationally our work, all of it, because we can't give what we don't have. Right. Like yeah. we, that's not a thing that, that is possible. Mm-hmm. And then more than that, we don't thrive as whole humans when our work requires like a full surrender of ourselves without valuing all parts of that of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I think that that tends to happen. And I'm not thinking, I don't think anybody or any system has like explicitly said that, or that anything is just like overtly wrong.
2: Yeah,
1: It's just the way that we tend to, you know, fall into habits and patterns. And so yeah. For me, I think about these scriptures that we hold on to in this kind of work. Um, I know I did a lot. Like, right. uh, when I'm weak, he is strong. And yeah. um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, and it's like that, yes, those things are true and beautiful. But sometimes I think we we take those ideas and then translate them in practice to something that feels like the Edgar suit. Okay, so let me explain this. Do you remember yeah. Men in Black? Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. So remember that scene where the alien bug like crashes on this farm and this like really mean farmer guy yeah. um, comes out that he like kills the farmer guy and then like takes on his skin as like
2: <laughs> yeah. his
1: disguise. And his wife described it as like, as some, I remember her saying it like Edgar suit the way that she talked was hilarious, but <laughs> That's the picture that I got when I was thinking about us all working this way, where we prioritize output and we prioritize other people and we prioritize like ministry and mission, Mm. but we don't give the same kind of care is that we're just like, we're, we're touting these scriptures about being like, when I'm weak, he's strong, but, but it's kind of like, we're just lifeless and not in touch with what's going on inside. And we're just wearing our suit. And so I'm like, I don't. I don't want to be an Edgar suit for the Lord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's not, I don't think that's like what any of us want to do, but I think in practice we tend to do that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's what any of those scriptures means. I don't think that's what any of those scriptures mean because I think Jesus himself lived completely different than that. Like yeah. he, he, he was so connected to the idea of humanity At a base level. Um, He lived fully as human and tried to teach us what it meant to be human and to do the same and connect that way. And so this isn't this isn't just about like developing empathy for other people, which is really incredibly important, obviously. But I think it's also about like you watch Jesus do this. It's about him. Uh, seeing like the sacredness of some of those most basic human functions. Like when we connect with our humanity, we start understanding how beautiful like a good night's sleep
2: is.
1: (laughs) And we realize like how lovely it is to be able to laugh with friends and to start seeing our emotions as assets and not liabilities. Yeah. You know, it's like we're able to sort of ease into our giftings and our competencies instead of, I don't know, vying for position or competition, you know, like yeah. like we do a lot of times. And so we start to not only see ourselves more as human and value the things that, that help us be healthy and human and integrated, but then we start seeing other people as human and not as ideologies or projects or enemies or the other person. Yeah. Um, no, they're just complicated humans like we are. And yeah. if we can connect in that way, I think the impact of our leadership can truly be transformative because we start with the way that we lead and care for ourselves and yeah. then the outflow from there is toward other people.
0: Wow. I said okay. a lot of
1: stuff. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, that that was incredible and there's so much that I want to kind of drill down a little bit deeper into if that's okay like peel a couple yeah. of those layers off. You you said some some significant things the the a couple that stand out. First of all, those scriptures were, you're right. We 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 leverage those almost as the Um, the excuse as to why we need to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. But at the expense of these other uh, scriptures that tell us that we have to take a rest, right? We have to have a regular rhythm of, of resting. How does that in your mind play into those verses that tell us, remember a Sabbath, that rest is the first thing in all of scripture that is defined as holy. So how do you, can you tell us how that works into all of this situation for you when it comes to ministry leaders?
1: What do you mean? Like how to implement rest? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How significant is rest? How important are those verses and how can ministry leaders, church leaders start to apply that?
1: Yeah. Well, I think First and foremost, I think those verses are preeminent. And I think you're right. that It's really interesting that some of the first pieces of scripture that we read about include the rest. Yeah. <laughs> in, in terms of creation, there is that element of rest and then it's baked in throughout. And then as if to just punctuate, God's like, and here's Jesus to actually show you in human form what it means to rest. Yeah. <laughs> and so and we still somehow neglect the humanity of of, of what we do, because I think we are so focused on a future.
2: Yeah.
1: Another scripture that comes to mind is about like, you know, looking toward our, our home, but that's in direct contradiction to sometimes to like, but like the kingdom of God is at hand and we yeah. are, it's about bringing the kingdom here mm. now. And so I, I, I think that ministry, uh, this is a, it's a layered, it's a layered conversation. <laughs> I think historically, especially in evangelical ministry, the yeah. way that things have been built, there was so much in our history about like sharing the gospel and spreading and moving out all good stuff. Yeah. But then it became this like busy work. And then it became about like these, it, it was these like achievements. And we didn't even call mm-hmm. them that, but we started somehow mentally cataloging, like the service isn't a success unless this many hands go up or unless you know and I'm like somehow we we flipped it all around and we and it just became about outcomes as opposed to the journey and the process of like walking with other humans and then sharing the light of and love of Jesus and there's something so much more that there's such an ease about that even as I'm like saying it I'm like gosh that that's way less complicated. It's not yeah. nearly as sexy. Yeah, that's yeah. For sure. And I think that's that's some of it that's really difficult for a lot of us, too, who are especially, you understand this. Um, I totally do. When you're really highly creative and you value high production and mm. excellence and all of that. It can't like some of that can start nudging in, and then it's like, yeah. I'll forfeit sleep, I'll forfeit rest, I'll volunteer yeah. to do this. I'll stay up and make sure that this is a thing because we got, it's got to be the best. It's got to be the best, yeah. and I'm just like at no point at no point is that at the end of the day going to count in the <laughs> in the book of eternity, yeah, like as much as it is for you to have felt like you had a connection to this one life you get to lead Mm. and to the God who gives you all of this life and vitality and creativity to do it. Like that's the biggest thing to me. And we forfeit those connection points when we diminish the importance of, of our humanity and caring for those human things.
0: Yeah. So good. I mean, there's so much here that like, (laughs) This is a super life giving conversation for me. I think for me, I realized this, Candy, when, you know, being in full time ministry, and I realized that I was starting to brag about breaking the fourth commandment to rest. You know, people would say, hey, how are you going? Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm 24-7. You know, I'm working around the clock. I'm always, do you know what I mean? Like we've got that mentality in church that has crept in. And I I think a good, and I think you would agree, right? A good work ethic is super important. Scripture doesn't just say, just just rest all the time. It says, no, work for six days, then rest. But especially in ministry world, I feel like we... We center everything around the the ministry and then we fit rest in if we can. Whereas I would say scripture tells us to do the opposite and put rest at the center and figure everything else around that.
1: Oh, uh, that's a that's a good reframe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That that I, was certainly helpful for me.
1: I love that. I just I really love the idea. I mean, being in the work that I've been in over the last couple of years certainly has informed a lot of how I think and feel and do and being in a culture where being in touch with your own humanity and your own emotions and yeah. listening and understanding what you need is so is such a high value that sometimes it's a shock to my system when people are like hey I think maybe you should just get up from your desk and go for a walk and like just go hike the campus or go." and I'm like what what <laughs> I'm sorry huh <laughs> um But it's also like a really beautiful reminder that my work, like if I don't integrate my whole human self into my work, that's going to suffer too. Like I need to be able to take little moments of refresh so that I can keep with my output. Like I'm a really high capacity person. I enjoy it. I like being busy. Like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as it doesn't become my identity and I forfeit the things that like that make me who I am and forfeit the things that I think uh, are the safeguards to keep me doing what I know I'm supposed to do here on this earth.
0: Wow uh, that's yeah. really good That's a great reframe as well. I, I've been looking if you if somebody's watching this on YouTube and they're seeing me looking down it's because I'm writing I'm feverishly writing some notes here. <laughs> One of the notes I wrote down which I wanted to circle back to with you, you you mentioned a couple of times and it was just kind of in passing but I wanted to touch on it stop and halt on it for a minute. You mentioned sleep, the importance of sleep a couple of different times. Um, now, I'm going to I'm gonna full disclosure, the reason that I'm asking you this question from the work you're doing with OnSite is because for me, uh, you know, 2020 went through, and, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, I went through a, a season of, my first ever season of depression. And what I realized after going to see my doctor and getting prescribed antidepressants, what I realized was, the, you know, and then I ended up speaking with some leaders in this space, like Karen Newhoffs and, and some other people who I knew had been through this in ministry, was that the lack of sleep was driving a lot of my depression, um, a lot of my anxiety. And it was because my body wasn't functioning at its peak level just from a sleep point of view. So, how yeah. important to wellness and, and this whole idea is, is the idea of sleep?
1: Oh, it's probably the most important. Now, Mm. I'm not a a therapist. I'm not the expert on anything. But I do, I've done a lot of studying, especially in developing some of these resources and collaborating with our clinical team, a lot of studying on what's called polyvagal theory. I don't know if you've Mm. ever come across that before, but it really is kind of talking about your, the embodied brain, you know, like you've got your mind up here, but your brain sort of is linked to the rest of your body. It's, it's not just some like floating, you know, piece of mush up here. And so the polyvagal theory kind of posits that your autonomic nervous system, you know, there are these levels in your, in your nervous system that we, if you don't rest is a big thing, diet is a big thing. Um, I mean, honestly, some of these really just basic human Mm -hmm. needs that we just think are so pedestrian that we overlook completely. And then it's like, Oh, I've ended up in a hospital because I haven't, (laughs) I haven't just slept or I haven't had water or, you know, those kinds of things, Mm. but there's this state that we can get in when you're in, when you're in ventral vagal mode, that's what it's called. You are, it's the mode that you can be in where you are open and you're like, your line of sight is wider. You're curious, you're creative, you're courageous, like a bunch of more C words that happened when you're not in ventral vagal mode, which newsflash most of us aren't most of the time you don't have access to that widened vision like physiologically your vision sort of narrows you don't see as many things you don't hear as many frequencies Um, and it's because your body is wired let me see if I can sum this all up because this is (laughs) a lot I but your brain is wired to first look to accurately read for cues of safety Yep. so that it can move you toward connection and away from harm. like yeah. that's, that's basically the function of the brain. But when we don't know how to implement these rhythms of rest, implement these rhythms of care to prioritize our, our own care, yeah. we actually get our signals crossed. Mm. So we don't know how to accurately read cues for safety and connection. And so we'll step into things that actually might not be good for us, and we'll back away from things that might be good for us because yeah. we don't know how to accurately read those things. So we can tend to be in a heightened state, like when you're in this gut area here, this heart gut area, a heightened state of like awareness and looking for like something's wrong or I'm hearing this thing um, wrong. That's where anxiety comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you stay there a long time, then the other level that you can get to is this like where you just kind of have to hybrid it's basically you disconnect so that you can conserve whatever you have left which is where that depression kind of creeps in and where and so wow all of these states are valuable for us they all they all help us understand you know like long ago it may have been that you had to you had to get in this state so that you conserved whatever energy you had for whatever was coming next sure but if that's what our normal living is, and we're not ever, we're not ever getting to that widened vision and connectivity and creativity. Um, It's no wonder that so many of us have strained relationships or Mm. are feeling anxiety attacks or are, you know, having bouts of depression for the first time in a long time. It's because we've probably not taken care of our bodies and our autonomic nervous system is like just on high alert.
0: Wow. Okay. So for somebody who said that they weren't the expert on this, the ventral bagel, the poly bagel, like all of it, you sound like the expert. Okay. Um, Uh And i want to call this out. Also, it's like 6am here in Australia when I'm doing this call on a Saturday. Totally worth it. Um, Candy, this is so totally worth it because this is so incredibly, we believe the work you do on the front lines with kids and teenagers is the most important work in the world. Every meeting with a small group leader, email to parents, and late-night supply run matters because you're helping kids and teenagers develop an everyday faith. On average, you have about 40 hours this year to influence the faith of kids and teenagers who come to your programming. That means you need to be intentional about your messaging strategy. Orange Curriculum is a comprehensive strategy for birth to high school. Each age group curriculum not only provides you with strategic messages to engage kids and students with biblical truths, but also resources to help you train volunteers and partner with parents. So start using Orange Curriculum to spend less time planning your message and more time doing what only you can do, building relationships. You can get started today at tryorangefree.com. That's tryorangefree.com. Helpful because, you know, you just said something there that, you know, when, when you're in this state, it's harder to make connections. You don't hear things as well. Um, you, you respond and you react differently. All of these things are human things that make the human connection, which really is what ministry is supposed to be all about. That's what makes those things happen. And if we're in this state where we're not getting the best out of ourselves, then we're missing the ministry part, right?
1: Yes, and there's no way we can connect with the best of someone else. Yeah, like we we miss those moments of connection with other mm. people. This is why, Dave. I I tell people all the time. I have loved my work for so long. I mean, I've really enjoyed being in ministry and singing and being connected to all the amazing places and people. But I've never felt more connected to work in my life oh. than I do right now. And I think it's because I see the importance of elevating emotional wellness and having people understand how beautiful and actually sacred that is. Mm. Because if I can get, if if I can do this work and then help bring that awareness and that kind of help to ministry leaders, it blows my mind to Mm. think about the impact that could happen.
0: That is so good. Okay. One of the other things I wrote down, I want to get your non-expert, but clearly expert take on this. You you had mentioned (laughs) a couple of times you've mentioned you know, the impact of our mind, the impact of our gut. You, you talked about that. You talked about our heart, all of these things. And and very early on, you said that th- we are an ecosystem, okay? Um, that was the word you used. And w- when you said that, the thing that I wrote down was, well, this lines up with scripture perfectly, right? There's, there's so many, you know, Jesus talked about this. Deuteronomy talks about this, that we're supposed to love God with our heart, our soul, our mind. It doesn't say we should love God with our heart or our soul or our mind. It says we have to love with with all. Right. Obviously, we know that in ministry world, sometimes our mind can get connected, and some of sometimes our soul or our heart doesn't get connected to that. So, can you? So, I wrote that down. So, I wanted just to have you unpack that ecosystem again, especially when it comes to ministry leaders. Why is that so important? for ministry and I know this is a question without notice but why is that so important from a ministry perspective for church leaders that we understand that ecosystem
1: yeah well I think that there's two, there are two ways I could answer this one it it there's just the basic human level of like what you said love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul strength yeah it's not a linear thing. It's not the or thing. It's not, you know, it's not just like, okay, check, 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 but it's, yeah. it's all, it's almost like a, it's circular, right? It's symbiotic. Everything yep. plays yep. off of everything else. Yep. So one, the importance there is about understanding that and then valuing all pieces of that, because that's the thing that I think we sometimes don't do. We don't, we don't understand it, but we also then don't give the same amount of value to all of those pieces. Yeah. We'll value one thing or a couple of things but we don't we don't look at the whole and go no all this is important and yeah. we need to figure out how to integrate those things but the other way i would answer it has more i think to do with sort of uh, the maybe the leadership ecosystem so So you are an entire ecosystem to yourself. And then let's go one more level up. And as a, as a leader, what you do is use your competencies and your skills to address the problems and issues that are coming your way. Right. And your whole goal is to create solutions that will impact people positively, whatever Mm. that is. But the, the funny thing is this is, coming from content that Miles Adcox, who's our proprietor owner, um, and I have been developing around leadership. So it's a perfect question. So I'm I'm testing out some material here. (laughs) But the the idea, though, is that we think we're just we're taking in this stuff. We're using all these gifts that God's given us to, like, figure stuff out. And then we're we're pushing out solutions and making the world better. And in some ways that's true, but never is it fully true that you take this in and then push out and it doesn't affect you. Mm. It's not true. There's some little imprint of these things that are going to continue to like layer in and layer in. And if you're not aware of what your body's telling you, if you're not aware of what your input stream is, sooner or later, your capacity diminishes because those things keep piling up. And then you're using all your energy reserves to do the thing that used to feel natural. And then you're just going, what's going on? Like, why is this so hard? hard that's where the burnout happens all that because you're not you're not caring for your ecosystem and you have effectively shut off your input valve of the things that actually do bring life to you and that leaves us with like again we can't we can't give what we don't have
0: anymore wow okay candy do you mind if I summarize what I heard you just say um in a different a picture this is a picture I always have uh, a conversation I always have with my wife Meg right she will yes. always say I don't know why my uh, the fan on my computer is constantly going and my computer has slowed down and it seems to be jamming and it's pausing and when I so I'll go and have a look at her computer and her desktop is covered with files right
2: <laughs> mess
0: everywhere and I keep saying to her Babe, the the issue is your computer's pulling so much energy just to keep the files on your desktop open that it's not drawing the power that it needs to do the work that the computer can actually do. So when you talked about all of that, that's the picture I had in my head. We get so caught up in you called it busy work at one point, right? We've got so many things open on our weekly calendar desktop that we're not actually that that we have to put all the time and energy into that. And so our fan doesn't go, so that our computer starts to heat up and it starts to everything starts to slow down that's 100% what happened to me in 2020 wow. I was wow. so busy with all the desktop files that my computer my core computer wasn't doing the work that it was supposed to do and that's wow. is that that is probably the worst summary right
1: oh it's perfect I mean how what a helpful picture I think that's exact I think it's such a perfect picture yeah
0: good I'm glad We're I understood like, that man yeah. <laughs> So, so, Candy, then my question becomes this, then, you know, we live in a world of distractions, whether it's, uh, you know, what's on Netflix, whether it's the notifications popping up on our phones, the world is a distracting place. How do we stay present with the people and, and be in those moments where we can say, now I feel really connected with what I'm doing right now?
1: Yeah. Oh, um, we, we did a brand video this past year that really talks about when you reconnect to the world inside yourself, then you reconnect the world. Yeah, And so I, so much about being present is, is one, you got to have an awareness of who you are and how you're showing up in order to be present with someone else.
0: Yeah. And I
1: think a lot of times we move Through our calendars day to day, like you were saying, like they're just meetings after meetings. So I'm like, it's really difficult if you don't institute like a check-in or something along the way to go, wait, where am I? How am I feeling right now? What's going on in my body? What's going on in my mind for you to be able to get present? here and yeah. then connect with someone else. Cause how are you able to attune to someone else? If you're not even sure what's going on with you, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean by yeah. the, like the attunement piece? There's this, this idea again in, in some of that clinical speak, but of co-regulation, okay. like there are only a few species on the planet who co-regulate. They're like yeah. dogs and horses and dolphins and humans. Okay. Um, there might be a couple more that I'm missing but it's this idea of like whatever you're whatever you're giving off I'm receiving and playing off of so at any oh. point in time we as humans are taking in all of these subconscious cues so you and I are talking over you know a screen yeah. but i'm still there's like a way to try to actively listen right yeah. there's a way to engage this way and those things make a difference in the in whether or not someone else feels safe in your presence to continue to like you know press into the conversation or yeah. like if you sat there stoically and <laughs> dead-eyed, I'd probably not be as, you know, excited to talk to you about things. Yeah, um, But because you're engaging here, I am using that energy and playing off and you're playing off of mine. Gotcha. That's regulation. And so a lot of that has to do with kind of understanding how you're showing up and then being like, mm-hmm. oh, is this is this helpful in this scenario? Is yeah. this what this person needs? How can I give this person what they need if I'm not sure what, how I'm even showing up?
0: Wow, that's so that that's so interesting. Co-reg again, you're using all these terms that are like you sound like <laughs> the expert, Candy. Yeah, I would say you are, but um, co-regulation—that's really a good one. I really like that. Um, so, as part of this checking-in process, I know that at Orange Conference this year, you're going to be leading through a thing called discovery sessions. Yeah. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about that? And second of all, how does that serve this check-in process that you just talked about?
1: That's a great, that's a great setup. So when Kristen and Reggie first told me about what the conference theme was this year, I was yeah. like, I'm in, I'm in, I am so here for this, I want to help shape whatever it looks like. But then when they really started talking about and ideating on these experiential sort of discovery sessions, I was really inspired by the possibility of using a time that has traditionally looked like information absorption. Um, You know what I mean? Like during breakouts or like upskilling for lack of a better word, all of that, great. It's like, that's my that's my bag. I love it. Let me go to everything. Let me learn all the things. Let me get yeah. better at the things. It's perfect. But I was really inspired by the idea of using a time that is sort of set aside for that kind of thing and trying to bring attention to a couple of options that are intentionally not about information absorption. Mm. And instead are more about creating space for embodying that human fueling and, um, more about like a nutritional absorption for humans, if, yeah. if that means anything, um, yeah. So like creating a, a fueling space, right. To, to help you facilitate maybe a little bit of rest and healing in your yeah. heart, mind, and body. And so that's what I've been concentrating on creating with these, there are two experiences. And so one of them is a guided auditory experience, like a guided walk, Yeah. um, Mindfulness practice for, it's for people who like to kind of do something while also being, if that makes sense. So walking is like a, is it really helps with like bilateral stimulation in your brain. It, you know, helps your brain to kind of talk back and forth. Better. And so, um, walk, like being able to walk and process these things really does help to process emotions and help to sort of regulate within yeah. our systems. So, I wanted to create one of those. Um, and then the other experience is really a physical space for reflection that I'm hopeful it feels a little bit immersive and feels like people can just really exhale fully and then maybe inhale some encouragement and life and hope and i'm wow. trying to not say more about it because i want it to sort of be a surprise for people who come in
0: <laughs> yeah wow there again there's so much that i love about what you just unpacked and as you were talking this is the super nerd in me coming out okay candy as you were talking i was just thinking oh again this all like that's like all scriptural like yeah <laughs> the, the importance of walking and and processing well, we read that Jesus walked and unpacked the scriptures for the disciples, right? As All he walked, this time. yeah. And then you talked about, you know, this um, breathing in and breathing out. And I think, you know, you go back to the Genesis creation story, and and God makes this fully formed human, but it says He wasn't human, wasn't mm. a living being until God breathed into him, and then Psalms tell us that. So he breathed in the spirit like that. We know that from a a Hebraic point of view, he breathed in his spirit. Then the man became a living being. But then Psalms tell us that everything that has breath, everything that has that life has to breathe out praise. Like, so when you said all this, I'm like, oh, this all just, yeah, basically you're just talking about the Bible. Let's be honest. That's all you're doing.
1: I am. I am. (laughs) that's it's such a beautiful. I really love that you went there with that, Dave. and I can always count on you for that because i love I love listening to you unpack the insights in scripture more than almost anyone. Um, but I really love that because I think there is this fear in the church about really unpacking humanity because it feels mm. so at odds. And so it's like, nope, it that's humanism and that's, you know, pull and I'm like, no, 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 it's it it's not like, within the human is the image of God. Like I don't know how much more clearly we can find that all throughout scripture. And the more that we get to know who we are and who other people are on that level, the more we're able to engage with the God that has breathed his spirit and life into us. Yeah. And so I don't think we should be afraid of it. It really is playing out what scripture shows us. Yeah. So I love that you went there.
0: I could not agree more. I, you're right. There is this fear around it, but but it, it, if it lines up with scripture, and that's a filter through which we're supposed to run everything, which... That does, like I, I see the I totally see the importance of that. So, yeah. Hey, one more question before we go, and I'm I'm so sorry. This is like I, I think I've probably gone way over time, but but I appreciate it so much. I, love it. I have no doubt, just from my own personal experience. So there are people who are listening to this right now, maybe on their commute to their their, their ministry job, um, mm. or they're watching it over a lunch break on YouTube from their ministry job, and they're either in the middle of or they're probably on the brink of burnout. Um, maybe they're, they're about to walk into the season that I've walked in and walked, gratefully walked out of. Um, what would you say, Candy, to them right now as, as they're listening, as they're watching? What would you say to that person to encourage them?
1: Ooh, um. I, I've processed through some thoughts around this and I don't have like a concise thing and I'm not no. a really practical person. Like you should just go take a walk. Yeah. But the thing that there are two things that came to mind first and foremost, one, our founder, not founder, our owner, Miles Adcock says all the time that emotional health is not something you need. It's something you deserve.
2: Yeah. And I
1: think that reframe is so important because a lot of times we don't prioritize what we do we don't prioritize what we need but we certainly don't look at it as something that we deserve. Yeah. Especially in ministry a lot of times it's it's the creating fixes and help and um support for everybody else under our care at the expense of our own mm. um all the time. And so I think my encouragement would first be to like give yourself the gift of paying attention to yourself. Yeah. And I know that that sounds kind of unhelpful or basic, but I really think it's crucial because, you know, it's the concept of like placing your mask on before you place someone else's mask on. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I was saying, like the in, in history, uh, the people with the history of church leadership, like you and I, and those who are currently in ministry leadership, I think we have a tendency to try and place a mask on everybody else first. Mm. So we get really, really good at disregarding the information that our bodies are sending us. So much so that then identifying our own emotions really becomes much less like, yeah, we're much less able to translate what they're trying to communicate to us because we're so at odds or strangers to our own Mm. feelings and emotions. Mm. So I think my encouragement would be today, however, you can make a point to try to pay attention to yourself. And I mean, that could look like setting an alarm every day at a certain time on your phone to just be like a, like, Hey, here's a self check-in. And when you hear it, your goal can just be like, Hey, just focus in for two minutes. Maybe take, take a deep breath Um, here. I'll do this right now. Take a deep breath and close your eyes and then try to get quiet for a second and identify an emotion that you are experiencing right now. So for me, I, um, I'm feeling, and I'm feeling energized and it's a, an excited energy, not a nervous energy or anxious. It's because this conversation has been really life-giving for me Mm. and I feel it right here. Like Mm. there's this warm piece right here in my heart. And I think being able to even just identify, oh, I'm feeling energy, like excited energy and I'm feeling it right here. Yeah. How many people are able to actually do that, to call up an emotion that they that they are experiencing to identify where it might be and then how it might be affecting how you're showing up in life? Um, It seems so simple and basic, but I think giving yourself the dignity of prioritizing you like you are worth paying attention to just as much as the people under your care are worth it. It's so much easier for us to ascribe value to those people and to ascribe value to the ministry that we're building for them to come into and for them to experience the hope of Jesus. But if we aren't experiencing that same kind of hope, then I think we probably should reflect on that for a minute and figure out why. And it's okay to pay attention to yourself. It's okay to figure out what you might need. It's okay to really identify what you're feeling and know that you're not that feeling. You just are experiencing that feeling and it'll pass just like everything else does. And then what's the next one. But I think that like, when we're able to do that, then you might be able to go, what do I need right now? Do I need to take a walk outside? Do I need to pick up a basketball? Do I need to color for five minutes with some crayons to try to, you know, just get back into my childlikeness? And do I need to delegate something? Um, And do I need to be okay to let a deadline pass? And, and just let it be to know that like well i may have failed that deadline but i honored myself because i listened to what i needed wow. um so i would say that pay attention to yourself
0: candy so good again and another thing that as you're talking all i keep thinking is scripture keeps coming to
2: <laughs> we're,
0: we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves we ah. it's like oh gosh we, we so there's an expectation that we look after ourselves there's an expectation that we put our mask on first so that we know how to put the mask on other people but you're right it's so easy for us in ministry just to put everybody else's mask on and not realize that we're suffocating um and we need we we need to take time to to do that candy this has been so incredible thank you so much for uh for, for first of all your time and 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 for all the all the insights that you just provided during this uh, this episode. I'm really looking forward to now. I'm going to be coming across. I'm looking forward to going to one of these discovery sessions. Cannot wait. I'm definitely going to be part of that. Um, <laughs> thank you again. Um, this has been super helpful. Really appreciate your time and looking forward to to seeing you in a couple of weeks now.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate the conversation. It's been, it's been life-giving for me. So thanks.
0: Absolutely the same for me. Thanks, mate. Now, wasn't that an amazing conversation? If you enjoyed listening to this episode, would you consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, just like M.D. Aurene did when they wrote, Thanks for putting into words my thoughts and feelings towards small group ministry. Well, thanks so much for that review. Our podcast team love reading every single one that comes in. We also love seeing all of our podcast listeners and viewers at Orange Conference. So I personally wanna invite all of you to attend Orange Conference 2022. You can still get tickets. Just go to theorangeconference.com to save your seat for an Orange Conference like you've never seen before. Well, thanks so much for joining us. My name's Dave Adamson and we'll see you next time on the Think Orange podcast.